Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. All right. Well, happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to a very special edition of the Unseminary Podcast. We're going to do something totally different today. Uh, Just to change it up, it's a holiday week here in the States, and so I thought, you know, we'd give our guests uh, a week off, so no need to interview them. And today I thought we'd do a mini lesson, a little bit of a webinar um, called Pastoral Productivity 101. Anyway, so what this is going to be is it's kind of an, an online course, a little bit of a discussion around a number of ways that I think pastors can leverage their time better uh, in ministry. And, you know, it's really all grounded in this uh, one scripture verse here from Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because... The days are evil. You know, that core part of the verse there, making the most of every opportunity. Um, You know, we're going to talk about that today and how can we as pastors try to leverage every opportunity uh, that comes our way. Um, You know, we've we've been given lots of opportunities uh, every week. You know, you and I are given the same amount of time, the same number of days, and how is it that we can leverage them uh, for our ministry? Well, you know, there's really three sets of five things that we're going to talk about uh, today that I'm hoping will help you uh, in this coming week uh, as you serve at your church. The first is five tips for managing email. You know, short, you know, I just want to give you a heads up that, hey, email's not going anywhere. And it's one of those things as a pastor, as a church leader, we've got to figure out how do we leverage, how do we use it for our ministry. Um, the second is we're going to talk about five tools to leverage your time better. These are kind of online tools, uh, things that you could use to help, um, you know, really just, you know, leverage your time better to uh, get better use of the time that God's given you. And then finally, five time wasters in ministry. Now, these five things are things that I've seen all the time, uh, partly because of my own, you know, I've seen myself fall into these uh, areas where, you know, I've just wasted my time in ministry. So uh, these are the things we're going to talk about. That's kind of the structure of today. If you're listening to the podcast, um, you know, I'm going to try to talk in a way so that, you know, you, we, you don't necessarily need uh, to see everything, but you might want to go over to unseminary.com and actually watch this online because there are a series of slides that we're walking through, um, you know, throughout today. Well, let's jump in first on five tips uh, for managing email. As it was saying, email is here to stay. It's not the kind of thing that's going away. It's not, um, you know, it's it's a communication tool that, uh, that you and I have to get used to and leverage for our best. You remember the time when email was was fun. You know, I, I do. <laughs> I remember way back, um, you know, when uh, my wife and I were in uh, university or college, and I remember sending emails back and forth from her, and that was just so fun. It was like, you know, it was so like instantaneous, and, you know, I'd hear little notes about what was going on, you know, at school, uh, but it's just not fun anymore, is it? And so, you know, these are five things that I think um, you need to pay attention to if you want to manage your email and not have your email manage you. First, First of all, smartphones are dumb. Uh, Smartphones are not a good way 
to process email. And you'll see kind of multiple times we'll come back to a similar idea here uh, throughout it. But but you know that if you've got an iPhone, an Android, a BlackBerry, whatever that is, they are really a terrible way to process email. And you know the reason for that is you know you can just move so much faster on your computer than on uh, your smartphone. Smartphones, um, you know, I, I challenge you to this, and people will be saying like, no, 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 it's so quick. I you know I've got some cool app, and they always insert in this part of the conversation where they say, I've got this cool app that makes processing emails so quick. I challenge you to a race. Find somebody else and choose the same task. Say, okay, um, you know, we're gonna find an email that was sent to both of us last week, and we're gonna reply, we're gonna forward that email or reply that e email uh, to someone else. I challenge you to do that uh, on on your smartphone and have somebody else on their laptop or their desktop, and I guarantee you that the desktop will be faster. Um, the, the, just the reality of it is you can't move quickly uh, on your, um, you know, on a smartphone. And so they really are a dumb way to process uh, emails. And that really leads us into our second point, and it's really this. Stop checking your emails. Whoa, 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 wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> what does that mean? Stop checking uh, your email. Well, this checking your email is that thing you do when you, you know, you may just open up your computer or open up your phone and just kind of flip through it and just kind of see what's there. You're checking your email. You're not doing anything with it. It. You're just kind of looking at it. Now, why is this a problem? Because what it does is all it does is build up anxiety inside of you. You go through and you look at all the different emails. You see what's there. You see, oh my goodness, there's a chance there's someone looking for me to talk about this or you know, I need to respond to that. What you need to do is set time aside to process email. The What this means is you're not just kind of checking your email, seeing what's happening there. You open up your email with one purpose and that purpose is to get to the bottom of your emails is to clear through all your emails not to just look at the titles not to just kind of see what's there because what happens when you do that is not only do you kind of you you release this a bit of kind of emotional anxiety because you've looked but because you haven't actually dealt with them you haven't got it off your plate it's still something you need to respond to all right number three reply sparingly reply sparingly a couple years ago I did a study of my email I looked at um, you know all my email that I had sent over the last five years I'm a huge fan of Gmail and so I kind of did a kind of a quick study and one of the things that jumped out to me was that I've received twice as many emails um, as I've sent so the, the the thing that that taught me as I um, think about my email is for every email I send, I'm going to get two in return. So when I reply to an email, I'm going to get two back from somebody else. And so the question is, do I really need to reply to this email? Can I just ignore it? I know my dad had a friend when we were, um, you know, younger. I remember my dad telling me the story about a buddy of his that, you know, was an executive at a, at a company. And, and this is old school, pre-email, pre-fax, all that. And what he would do on Friday is he would get a garbage can, put it at the end of his desk, and he would simply clear his entire desk off into the garbage can. And he would say, listen, if it's that important, they'll get back to me. Now, now that's a bit extreme, but you get the idea that if um, it's super if it really is that important uh, people will continue to get to you and if you if you just keep replying you're just gonna ratchet up the amount of email that you get so so reply sparingly only send emails uh, that you absolutely need uh, to send all right number four take action on first 
touch. This goes back to the not stop checking your email. The goal of your email is not to kind of open it up and see what's going on in there. The only reason why you go into your email is to process your email, to do this, to take action on the first touch. So you should never open an email twice. You should never look at it more than once. You need to just open it up and respond right away. And there's really a number of different things. There's four different things that you can do. Um, the first is to delete your email. So the email comes into you, you go to respond to it. First thing you could do to it is just simply delete it. I don't need to do anything with this. This is junk mail. It makes no difference in my life. It's not helping me get rid of it. Delete it. The second is you could delegate it. You could, you know, for, further it on to someone else and say, you know, hey, thanks so much for reaching out to me. I really think the best person for you to talk to is our student ministry guy. Um, he's got, uh, you know, everything you need to deal with, you know, your student in that issue. So you could delegate it to someone else. Third, you could defer to it. You could defer it to another time. Um, so you may, now may not be the best time for you to deal with that. And so you could say to someone, hey, thanks for emailing. Um, I'm going to need to look at this tomorrow. Um, and then you need to come up with a system for, uh, you know, kind of coming back to that email a, a day from now, which we'll talk about in a bit. And then the third is you need to do it. So you actually respond to it. Do something. Respond to that email right now. Um, when you when that email comes through to you, a, a, your, again, remember your goal is to get that email out of the box. The only reason why you're looking at it right now is to clear it out, to get down to inbox zero, to have nothing left in your box when you're done every time you open your email. All right, last one, last way to process your email is keyboard shortcuts. Whatever program you're using uh, to uh, process email, now I prefer Gmail. I really do think that Gmail running in a browser, in a Chrome browser, Firefox, Safari, whatever, um, you know, Internet Explorer, whatever browser you use is the best way to process email. Um, Gmail has a lot of high performance features in there for people who, you know, really are, you know, want to process a lot of emails, want to kind of are email super users. But one of those uh, things that you need to learn about are keyboard shortcuts. Every program um, has ways for you to manage all your emails without taking your hand off the key. The reality of it is is that the mouse or trackpad is a very slow way to move around your computer. It takes longer uh, to, to get on your mouse and find and click and drag or respond or add a tag or hit reply or hit send. That takes longer with your trackpad or with your mouse um, than it would if you just learned the keyboard shortcut. And so you can, if you just go on Google and let's say you're using, you know, Outlook, just type in Outlook keyboard shortcuts. Um, even if you did Outlook, Outlook keyboard shortcut PDF, um, that will send you out um, all the, uh, the shortcuts that you need. You just print those off and kind of get to know them. And you'd be amazed actually how quickly uh, you can uh, learn them. All right, so five tips for processing email. Email is here to stay. Um, stop bemoaning it. You need to find a system as a, a church leader uh, to deal with the email. Hopefully those tips uh, have been helpful. All right, so next we're talking about some time-saving tools. So these are tools that I currently use, um, and they you know they change from time to time, but these are, tip, these are five tools that I currently use right now uh, to save me time in ministry. You know, I, again, I realize I'm given the same amount of time as everybody else in my church, as everybody else that we're 
we're trying to reach. And so I'm trying to leverage technology uh, to 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 use to use my time more wisely. And so uh, here are a number of tools. The first one I use is what's called Boomerang for Gmail. Now, now what Boomerang for Gmail is is a, a plugin uh, that goes into a Chrome because um, I use the Chrome browser to access to Gmail. And what it allows you to do at its most basic function is to say, um, hey, uh, I want to, I, I want this email to come back into my inbox um, at a certain time in the future time in the future. So I want to boomerang that email back into my inbox. Um, so a simple way uh, to, you know, that's kind of the simplest way to think about it. It also does time delayed emails. So as an example, let's say, for instance, I was opening up an email here and uh, I was going to send it to someone. Now what you can do is you'll see it adds just a little box onto the bottom of your Gmail where you can say, send this email at a certain time in the future. Um, you can preset it to like send it for two hours from now, four hours from now, two days from now, you know, a bunch of those. Or you could say a specific date and time. Now, why is this important? How does this save me time? You know, I can send an email to someone and actually ask Boomerang. I can say, hey, if I don't get a reply to this email, please send it back to me. If no one replies to me, send this email back to me. Or I can I can send an email to you and say like, hey, I just want to, you know, I want to check in on how things are going on the retreat. Um, and you know what, I can program that on a Tuesday afternoon, um, and let's say the retreat's on Saturday, and I can program that so Saturday morning that email automatically goes to that person. Um, so I can kind of batch my time together, work on my email all at once, but then have those emails time out uh, in the future. It's a real powerful uh, tool. They have a free version, uh, but then it also, you know, you can, it costs a little bit to, you know, to upgrade uh, to that. All right, number two. Hootsuite. Now, Hootsuite is an interesting tool. Hootsuite is used to manage uh, your all your social media streams. So we obviously talk a lot about social media here at Unseminary, and Hootsuite is the tool that I use at the core of all my social media interactions. And one of the advantages of Hootsuite from a time-saving point of view is they have a, again, a kind of a timed, um, you know, an auto schedule or a scheduler for um, social media status updates. So again, you can batch these. You can you know, sit down in the morning, write out a bunch of status updates for Facebook, or you could do it once a week. You can say like, hey, I'm going to, you know, schedule out a bunch of different status updates and, you know, some compelling content that I want to connect with my people and then schedule that out over a number of days, weeks, actually months. You can schedule a way out in advance. Um, so it makes it super easy. They also have this feature on there called auto schedule uh, that allows you actually, you just put in content and then you just keep saying auto schedule and they'll figure out the time, the best time for that content to hit uh, with the people who follow you. And Hootsuite manages not only um, Twitter, as it kind of made the name mate you know, intimate to not, not only Twitter, but it also manages Facebook, Google Plus, LinkedIn. Um, it'll manage kind of all your streams from one location. Again, it's one interface. You can man batch your time all together in one place at one time. All right, number three, Google Alerts. This is a, a tool that has changed and shifted a little bit over the last couple of years. But what Google Alerts does is you put in a search feature, um, something that you want kind of the internet to find. And like, so for instance, here I said the name of my church, Liquid Church. And what it will do is Google is constantly looking for that, say in news articles, and then it will send you an email when, um, you know, when something happens, when, when a new, say, news article happens with this. Uh, name on it. Now, why is this a, uh, or this search query is on it? Why is this a time saver? Because 
Um, for you and for me, you know, we don't want to spend all our time searching on the internet if someone is saying something new about our church. But we would like to know if someone does, say, post a news article or, you know, post about something that is relevant to our ministry. And so let's just let Google do that. Give that to them. Have them constantly looking um, out there for you to find that information. So there it is. Google, um, Google Alerts. A great tool. All right, number four, ad block. Now, this one is is kind of an interesting one. Again, I I use um, Google Chrome, and it's a Chrome extension. It's a plugin that goes into Chrome. And what ad block does is it actually removes the ads on web pages. So when you're out surfing around the internet trying to you know look at stuff, it will actually go and remove ads on those pages. Now, now why is it that this? And you can see here's an example that um, you know it has removed on this page or seven ads on this particular page had removed 1300 ads um, you know in total this was actually after I had just installed it into a new browser currently um, you know I'm, on that browser it's sitting at like you know and this is that that computer is maybe you know six months old it's like 40 some odd thousand ads that it's removed now why is that important how does this save time you know the reality of it is that interruption based uh, marketing so that's marketing that is on the internet that is you know you're consuming content and then they insert that into it it slows you down because it distracts you and tries to pull you in another direction and what will ad block will do will go and remove those ads it will say hey um, you know you you know you should come and check this out or whatever and it just is a distraction uh, when you're online um, so ad block that's another tool that might be uh, of assistance to you all right number five a tool that I use that I absolutely love is remember the milk so what remember the milk is is just a simple to-do system that um, you know, you can put in to-dos uh, that, you know, to remind you of, hey, there's some things you need to do in life um, or at work or in your ministry and, and that sort of thing. The thing I like about Remember the Milk is not only um, does it work kind of on my phone, it has an app, but that ties into Gmail. So I see them right there when I'm in Gmail. It also ties into Google Calendar. Um, and I've got like a desktop app. So the same to-do list, the digital to-do list is finding itself on all my various digital channels, which is super nice. Nice. It's super easy to enter and manage, you know, my to-do list. And also, it does recurring tasks. A lot of these systems don't do re recurring tasks, and for me, that's important. So I have things. Say, for instance, you know, I have tasks that repeat every week. So they, you know, remind me, hey, every week it's time for me to, you know, do whatever. Um, but they all, I also have tasks that repeat on a on a less frequent basis. So I actually have tasks in there that repeat annually. Say, for instance, the week before Memorial Day weekend, um, I get a reminder that says, hey. Should we remove chairs out of some of our auditoriums where we can remove chairs um, because we know we're going to have less people this weekend? You know, that's the kind of thing I just don't then don't need to think about because, oh, yeah, the system is going to remind me about that. And there's a bunch of those kinds of tasks uh, in there. So you can see here, um, it kind of shows you, you know, here's a bunch of different places where, you know, uh, it works. Now, there's one other bonus one. So this is one that, you know, I've just started to use in the last six, eight months, and it's called If This Then That. So it's IFTTT.com. Now, the interesting thing, this is a bit hard to describe. You really should just go over there and check it out. What If This Then That does is it is a website that is kind of looking out onto the internet and is trying to piece together multiple services. It says, if this changes on this website, then do that um, in, another, in another way. So, for instance, I have one set up that's, I have a bunch of set, actually set up that say, if Kenny, a friend of mine, if he posts something new on his 
his website, then go into Hootsuite, another website, the web tool that I use, and auto schedule that. So post it so that it'll come up um, on my feed. So I haven't had to go to Kenny's site to end up turning around and posting that content. It's because it was posted new on Kenny's site. I then want that to post on my, um, you know, on my social feed. I do that the same with our content from our website. So I've got it set up. So I say, hey, every time our web guys get around to posting up uh, a new message from our weekend, turn around and post that on my social media channels. I just want to do that automatically because I want to make sure the people that follow me are scheduled. Another one, it says basically if in um, Google Calendar, if I put the hashtag, hashtag call, um, in that, then then actually give me a phone call about half an hour before um, is how this is set. Just to remind me, it's kind of like an extra level of notification. I put that notification, so I put that on, um, you know, for kind of high, um, you know, high value meetings. I want to make sure that I am on time for. All right, we're rounding the corner here uh, at the end. These are five time wasters in ministry. Now, again, I talk about these because. You know, um, I've been, uh, you know, I've fallen into these time wasters. So that these don't come from a like place of like, oh my goodness, I know so much and you don't know anything. That's not where they come from at all. It comes from because I've actually, I've actually, you know, fallen into these time wasters. And I just want to pass along kind of some advice from one person to another. So the first is, you know, when we think about, uh, you and I are, are constantly faced with interruptions in our ministry. You know, we'll be working along and things happen. That's just the nature of working with people. And the question we have to ask is, is what this thing that's happening to me right now, is it a trivial interruption or is it a ministry opportunity? There are times when people want to interact with us. It just frankly is a trivial interruption. It doesn't, it's taking us off task. It's not helping us do what we're called to do. But you know, there are times when we get interrupted and you know what? It might actually be a ministry opportunity. This may be a time where we have to put things aside and ask, you know, Lord, what is it you want me to do with this person right now? How is it you want me to talk with them? What is it that, that you're asking me right now to interact with this person about? And you know, for me, it's important as, as those interruptions come into my life to, to try to ask that question question constantly and to say you know what's happening right now is it is this one or those two and to and to basically you know steer my day based on that sometimes if it's a trivial interruption you know the point is to kind of find yourself to the end of the conversation as quickly as possible um, and you know move yourself move them along you know maybe get them connected with someone else or if it's a ministry opportunity you know you might need to cancel some other things and say hey you know I'd love to take some time right now to talk through and pray through what it is um, you know that's on your plate all right number two multitasking. I've talked about this before uh, in kind of various posts on, on, on seminary, but there is no such thing as multitasking. The human brain is not designed to multitask. We are designed to do one thing at a time and to go from one idea to the next, to the next, to the next. That's just, you know, um, sociologists or, and psychologists and doctors and fam smarter people than me have, you know, proven that time and time again. And so if you think that you're multitasking, really what you're doing is you, what really what you're doing is you're turning one task off and on multiple times. And the problem with that is every time you turn on a new task, um, you have cycle time in between there. It takes time to reconnect what it was that you were thinking about before. And so um, when you try to multitask, actually what you're doing is reducing your effectiveness. You'd be much more effective to say, instead of trying to write a sermon um, and update your blog post and post stuff on Facebook all at the same time, um, you'd be much, and let's say you try to do that over an hour, you'd be much more efficient if you just took time right now 
now and did all of your sermon writing at one block. Then take time to update your blog. And then once that's done, update your social media stuff. Um, chunk tasks down into similar. You actually want to reduce the kind of complexity in your tasking, um, in your, you know, your working. You want to what's called chunk it. You want to time chunk it together um, rather than, you know, pulling it apart or rather than multitasking. So that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, multitasking really, you know, doesn't uh, work at all. All right, number three, travel time. You know, we're often out um, heading out uh, and meeting with people and, you know, we're, we're maybe meeting with donors or meeting with volunteers or people that need help or other ministries. And, you know, travel time is one of those times that can suck an incredible amount of uh, time out of your day. Particularly if you do this, if you get in your car and say you're going to the next town over to meet with a volunteer because uh, you want to encourage them or ask someone to join a team. You know, when you drive out there and meet with that person and then just turn around and drive back, You've wasted that travel time there and back because all you've done is spent that travel time on one individual. What you should do, again, on the chunking thing is try to chunk together multiple meetings in that area um, for the time that you're there. So meet with not only that volunteer, but then maybe also drop in another, another church leader or, you know, meet with that volunteer. Um, and, you know, maybe there's a coffee shop around the corner and you want to do some sermon writing time. And you know that if you kind of change your location, you're the kind of person that, um, you know, that is just feels more, um, you know, you're kind of more creative when you're in a different location, add that to that meeting. Try to find ways, if you're traveling to a location, to do multiple things in that location, preferably, you know, multiple meetings or multiple interactions with other people um, in that location, um, rather than, um, you know, rather than uh, than just doing one thing at a time in that location. Also, you know, a great way to use travel times with podcasts. Hopefully you're using your unseminary podcast in that, uh, that time frame as well. Try to use that time, redeem that time, uh, use it, leverage that opportunity as much as possible. All right, number four, coming around the end of the corner here, uh, micromanagement. You and I are tempted, this maybe goes without saying, you and I are tempted to step in uh, when we assign stuff to other people um, to for them to do. And we say, when we try to empower them to say, hey, you take that ball and run with it. We are super tempted to jump in and to either take it back from them or to overmanage them, to overlead them, to micromanage them. Um, you know, the reality of it is in your ministry, once you assign it to someone else and you give them what they need to do that role, you need to let them do it. Now, you, you need to resist the urge jumping in because they may not do it as well as you. In fact, there's a good chance that they won't do it as well as you would do it. But the reality of it is you're not doing it. You and I, and the lesson for me, and I constantly think this, and, I, and I'm, you know, I struggle with this, to be honest, is, um, you know, what is it only do that only do the things that only I can do. And when we micromanage, what we're doing is we're doing the things that other people could do. And we need to give people that freedom, give them their stuff uh, and move along. All right. Number five, sloppy social media. You know, I love social media. I think it's a great tool for ministry. I think it's uh, it can be hugely effective for your, uh, you know, your church and can help you extend your reach and your brand and um, help you, you know, interact with new people in a, you know, in a new way. But the reality of it is those tools, all of those tools are designed um, to kind of suck time out of you. Uh, they're designed to, to um, you know, for you just to open up Facebook, jump on there, and then three hours later, you've just looked at a lot of posts and a lot of ads, by the way, um, and have, you know, wasted a bunch of time on it. Every time you interact with social media, you need to have a clear call for what is it that you're going to do right now. So I, so if you're jumping onto Facebook right now, the goal should be, I want to interact with as many people as possible. I want to like, comment, um, share people's 
you know, posts on there from my church as much as possible because I want to encourage volunteers right now. That's what I'm trying to do. Find volunteers that are interacting on there and I want to encourage them through their social media. Um, you know, you need to have a goal every time you open up social media, not just open it up and say, well, I'm going to see what's happening on um, Facebook right now. Um, or maybe it's like, hey, I'm going to go on and I, I am trying to, to maybe it's, it's literally I'm just trying to catch a pulse of what's happening with my people, which is fine. That's a good goal. That's actually one of the good things about social media. But when you open it up and say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes, I'm going to put on a timer and I want to just read a bunch of people's posts and get a sense of what's happening in my people's lives uh, today. So avoiding sloppy social media use uh, is number five uh, from a time or, you know, that is a time waster, which is sloppy social media. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the Unseminary podcast today. I hope that today's mini lesson, a little something different uh, than what we've done in the past. Hopefully that was was helpful. Um, you know, and, and this weekend, as you go into your church and as you have an opportunity to share uh, with people, you know, God's given you a limited amount of time. And so this is an opportunity, you know, over the next couple of days to ask, you know, ask the Lord, hey, how can you use the time uh, that he's given you? Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week on the Unseminary Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary Podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.